This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to New Books in Politics and Polemics, a channel on the New Books Network. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Megu. I also host my own podcasts, Independent Thought and Freedom, and also a story club, Global Politics and Global Cultures. Today, my guest is Ian Murray, author of the book The Socialist Temptation, published by Regnery Gateway, out now in hardcover and on Kindle. Welcome, Ian. It's great to be with you today, Kirk. Thanks. I'm glad to have you on as well. By the way, why uh, I'm coming from uh, sunny and too hot Trinidad and Tobago right now. Uh, where are you located, right? Uh, I'm I'm located in sunny and too hot uh, v- uh, Virginia, Northern Virginia, United States. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Uh, well, for our listeners that um, don't uh, might not know about your background, or whatnot, could, could you please tell us a bit about yourself, and particularly as it relates to this book? Absolutely. Uh, and I'd be very happy to. Uh, I uh, grew up in the industrial northeast of England uh, uh, mm. in the uh, late 60s, uh, early 70s. Uh, um, England in those days was... Uh, a socialist state. It was uh, a democratic socialist state. Uh, things had been uh, uh, nationalized and, uh, and bureaucratized after the Second World War. Uh, and as a result, uh, uh, Britain's economy had started to get into the doldrums. Uh, we were faced with, uh, in, in the early 70s, uh, a series of strikes by power workers and uh, the, the miners. In fact, my grandfather was a miners' union official, uh, okay. and uh, as a result of that, I, I realized very early on that there might be something wrong with this system. When I had to do my uh, uh, my homework by candlelight uh, in in the nineteen seventies, right. um, and after that, uh, I, I, I uh, became a supporter of Margaret Thatcher and her. Uh, beliefs that uh, that, that the uh, frontiers of the state needed to be rolled back and Britain needed to be freed from its socialist uh, uh, socialist burden, and uh, I uh, so I, I was involved uh, in politics at university. I, I knew Boris Johnson uh, quite well, uh, and then uh, in the nineteen nineties, uh, I worked for the British government, helped privatize uh, the British rail system, and privatized myself out of a job. Hmm. happened when I was at university. I had met a, a lovely young American uh, girl 
And so uh, with the redundancy settlement I, I got from privatizing myself out of a job, I came to the United States. Uh, it, for the past 20 years, I have been working at a, a, a couple of, uh, of uh, free market organizations uh, for the past 17 uh, at the Competitive Enterprise Institute uh, in Washington, D.C. Okay, well, that, that that's very interesting, and, and it takes you across both the um, political and I mean, well, the political landscapes of both the U.K. and the U.S. Uh, when you arrived in the U.S. to live, who was president? Uh, it was Bill Clinton at the time, uh, but okay. uh, of course, Bill Clinton was uh, very much a, a, a centrist uh, Democrat, uh, uh, whose policies uh, have, uh, aren't really being followed by, uh, by by the current Democrats. Right, right, yes, and a bit like New Labour in Britain, that, that kind of third way. Yeah, they, I think these things uh, are important for us to touch on later, but, but let's deal with the, the central argument of your book and the title itself, The Socialist Temptation. So can you explain... Uh, what you mean by the socialist temptation and why it is important? Well, as, as I was uh, uh, suggesting earlier, uh, when, uh, when Britain and uh, a lot of other countries in Europe, Sweden uh, is a prime example, uh, t- uh, turned away from uh, democratic socialism uh, in the 80s and 90s. And of course, we saw the Berlin, Berlin Wall come down in 1990 and, uh, we saw the uh, uh, socialist parties of, uh, of, of Europe and the United States, uh, well, the, the left-wing party in the United States, uh, head towards uh, a belief in free markets. Uh, I thought that uh, socialism w- was gone. And uh, then in the past uh, decade or so, it has uh, reared its head again. And because I was aware of the internal contradictions of socialism, and I thought that uh, these had been had become... Uh, generally accepted, uh, uh, generally part of received wisdom, uh, I was curious as to why people uh, were turning uh, to socialism. And so I wrote The Socialist Temptation to try to answer that question. Why are people uh, turning to socialism? And I realized that it's because socialism uh, does a very good job of talking at the values level, the values that underpin our politics. And it says to people that... uh, in, in America's case, for example, it says to people that America isn't perfect. Uh, it, it, uh, uh, in, in America, you're supposed to believe in fairness and freedom and uh, community, but uh, but the, the, the current system does not uh, uh, has been very bad for all those three values. Socialism provides a, an answer to those. So come and uh, come and join us in the socialist. Uh, uh, in, in, in the, on the socialist side of things, so I wanted to to, to 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 explore a bit more why it appeals so much to those values. Yeah, yeah, that that's a, a very um, uh, interesting and and it, it, it speaks to me a lot as well. Uh, I, I'll tell you a, a story about myself, and I think it it may apply to a lot of persons, perhaps yourself, given your background, um, but. I actually grew up in Toronto and, you know, had a very liberal education, um, you know, in Canada. The Liberal Party is the kind of the natural party of government and, um, and, and being in a big city and whatnot. So, so the, the whole idea when I was growing up was, you know, if you were a, a smart, intelligent, caring, 
socially conscious person, you know, well-read, like to read. There was no question that you would be a liberal, that, that and that the conservatives were, you know, greedy, selfish, uh, you know, um, people who um, who didn't read, who who didn't like culture. You know, so so there's a difference between European conservatism in, in that way, um, but um, uh, that uh, you know, so th- there's this prejudice against uh, against conservatives and conservatism, and and that whole point that. Uh, Socialism was so good at mar- uh, speaking to values is incredibly important. And in fact, when I was uh, and I was a university student during the sort of Thatcherite revolution, so in the nineteen eighties and, and Reaganites, and and you know I had uh, you know commitments that say uh, you know ideological commitments to social justice and and these sorts of things, and and the the Reaganites and Thatcherites at the time you know, even poo-pooed all those things, you know, that, oh, well, wh- why would you hold such values? It's, it's just self-interest is the only thing, you know. The whole idea of, of greed is good, which was popularized in, in the movie Wall Street, uh, you know. Uh, so that, that whole caricature of, of the right c- conservatives being only concerned about one's own well-being and not concerned about social well-being really sort of hit the right hard for people who did not um, follow that. Uh, can I, uh, since you were on that side in the 1980s, because I, I can tell you, you know, how I subsequently left, but I, I don't want to necessarily get into that. I, I want to more get into to your own thing, because I, I think it's interesting that, you know, you come from the Northeastern England. I did my PhD up in Hull in Yorkshire, so I'm kind of familiar with the area. And... Um, and that that whole uh, milieu and and a lot of working class people that went across to Thatcherism. I'm presuming you were one of those people, and I, I'd like to hear your own personal thought process in that because I think it's very important to your argument you're making. Well, in, in, indeed, uh, my uh, uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that 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 struck me uh, when I was listening to my parents uh, discussing things. Uh, when, when I was in my uh, early teens, was that uh, th- th- that um, there seemed to be a, a ruling class uh, in at least in the area of Britain that I grew up in that wasn't dukes and uh, and uh, landed gentry and so on. Uh, it was uh, people who had very very tight connections to uh, the labour unions. Uh, my mm. father would tell me that uh, his uh, that that with the uh, when he went to uh, um, try to get a, 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 a job as an apprentice electrician, uh, he was told that he couldn't because he wasn't a member of the union. And so, and he asked, well, how do I become a member of the union? They said, well, you have to have a job as an apprentice electrician. And so he was sort of caught in that, uh, in, in that cycle for a while mm-hmm. of uh, not being able to, to, to get a job and the training that, that, that he needed to get. Meanwhile, my mother, who was a... Uh, a deputy head teacher, uh, a dep- uh, deputy principal, vice principal in the, in the American terminology, um, she uh, kept going for jobs as uh, as head teachers, but she would know uh, when she went into the interview room and saw the other people uh, who who were waiting for the interview, uh, she would know that she wouldn't get it because she knew that the um, uh, that that some. That uh, the, the people she was up against had tighter connections 
with the, uh, the, the, the teachers' union and the local council uh, than she did. So I, I found that uh, what was happening to my parents uh, had, uh, was, uh, was extremely unfair. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted to uh, this this, uh, this new ruling class uh, that, that that had been set up uh, to, to 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 be shaken and reformed, and that's one of the reasons why I became a Thatcherite. Then I went to to university, and very interestingly, um, Oxford in in the in in the nineteen eighties uh, seemed to be very similar to uh, some of the stories that we've heard out of American campuses uh, recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, at, at, when I joined the Conservative Association uh, at, at, at Oxford. I was one of only ten members of the Conservative Association at my college, uh, right. Oxford <laughs> Collegiate uh, 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 System, and there were six hundred people in my college. So only ten of those six hundred were were, were were conservatives. We were viewed as freaks. Could I ask you one thing as well? Just. Uh, your parents, how, how did your parents and your family react to you becoming a Thatcherite? Were they supportive or not? Um, my, my mother was, uh, was supportive. My, my father was always a little suspicious of, uh, of, of, of uh, uh, being too closely associated with the capitalists, as he right, right. But my mother had become a conservative, I think, as a result of her, uh, her, her, her experiences as well. Okay, right. So you were talking about uh, being regarded as as a freak at Oxford for being one of these sort of conser- young conservatives, was it? Yes, indeed. Uh, and, uh, the, 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 at, at, at my college, uh, the uh, uh, the main question was was uh, not are you on the left, but are you a Trotskyite or a Stalinite? Right. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which faction and, and, and what intra-left faction? Yes, that, that's absolutely brilliant uh, because it it's, it's fits in so much into, you know, what I observe and I think many others, you know, that the, the left has its own forms of, of racism, of classism, of elitism. And, and, and in fact, it's, it's quite anti-working class in practice, you know. Um, I think it's Thomas Pinketty, you know, talked about the uh, Brahmin left now, you know, this urban Ivy League educated elites. Um, and it's, uh, and, and in fact, you know, they're, they're culturally Marxist now because they've, they've basically abandoned uh, the working people. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, I, do you uh, find, do you agree with that observation? Do, do you see that in your own um, uh, survey of the, the landscape? Yeah, oh, I, I think that, uh, that, that, that that's very clear. I think that, uh, that at, le- at least in, in Britain and the US, uh, the, um, uh, the, 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 the parties that, that would previously be called the People's Parties uh, have, uh, have have very much abandoned at least certain elements uh, of, uh, of 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 the working class. Th- that's not the case everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if if you look at Denmark, for instance, the Social Democrats in Denmark uh, have actually become quite nationalist uh, and uh, and and have retained the support uh, of the working class a- a- as a result. Uh, but I think in, in, in Britain and the, and the US, you know, it, it, it's very much now a, 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 a question of uh, education and background. If you're college educated, uh, you are expected to be on, on the left uh, these days, which uh, is a big change from uh, even the 1980s. 
Yes, yes, very much. So, so what is the the main argument of your book that um, you know, the, uh, you know, as to why socialism is so much um, you know embraced by uh, you know, by young people, by the establishment today, and and you know uh, the the arguments that seemed to be won in the nineteen nineties uh, are almost in a sense being replayed now. I, I, I draw on something, uh, a field of study called cultural cognition studies. So under con- cultural cognition theory, there are these three main value groups. Uh, the first is uh, egalitarianism. Uh, uh, the, the fundamental value for, uh, fundamental virtue for the egalitarian is fairness. Uh, things must be, uh, must be seen to be fair. Uh, and socialism has done a very good job of uh, of, of, of talking about uh, about fairness, uh, in, particularly recently uh, when it comes to uh, racial and gender fairness. The whole concept of privilege uh, that has come to uh, uh, come to be so important in our national discourse uh, is fundamentally about fairness. Uh, then there's, uh, uh, for want of a better term, uh, the libertarian. Value group uh, for whom freedom is the uh, is the primary vir- uh, virtue. Um, it, it would seem that, uh, that, that uh, at first glance that socialism would have nothing to nothing to offer here. But then, when you look at uh, at socialism and its rhetoric, one of the uh, most time honored socialist phrases is "Workers of the world unite! You have nothing to lose but your chains." Uh, there is uh, a whole tradition of socialism uh, that talks uh, about freedom in terms of agency, and that you cannot have agency uh, unless you are freed from exploitation uh, by your employer and by the church and other things, and having a strong socialist state uh, actually gives you that agency. So socialism is able to talk in terms of freedom. And of course, it's also able to talk in terms of community. There is a, um, uh, while some might think that you know, conservatives have that one locked up, uh, no, socialism, uh, especially uh, in in its American form, uh, has painted this pic- rosy picture of a golden age in the 1950s when uh, union uh, labor unions were extremely strong and that uh, there were high tax rates uh, to make sure that uh, people didn't get too uh, 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 too, uh, too disconnected with 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 their community. And if only we could get back to that sort of set of policies, then community would be strengthened and freed from the the depredations of the uh, of the capitalists who uh, just want to destroy community. Uh, and so, socialism has done an extremely good job, I think, of reinserting itself into the national discourse by uh, by talking at this values based level. When at the same time, those of us on, on, on the free enterprise side and, uh, and uh, on the conservative side, uh, we, we've done a very bad job of that. We, 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 we've uh, forgotten how to talk in terms of values. And this is one of the reasons why there's currently uh, uh, a falling out between uh, uh, free market uh, libertarians and social conservatives, because both of those have forgotten how to talk to each other because they've forgotten how to talk to each other in terms of values. And as a result, socialism has a, a lot of room to grow uh, in America, precisely because it talks to those values. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Andrew Breitbart, I know, and and others, but but he was prominent in the United States in particular. Uh, often talked about culture and how um, you know basically you know the, the culture. I think the term was culture is upstream from politics. That the, the culture determines the politics. And I remember the the the, the culture of the nineteen eighties when I was a, a student, and like in Britain, you had like Billy Bragg and. Uh, you know who was openly for the coal miners, and and it was cool. It was hip, you know, and and this sort of stuff. Whereas the right never had that type of cachet in in the same way. I, I suppose Hollywood in in America might have been on the side of the sort of jingoistic right with like Top Gun and Rambo and and stuff like that. But but certainly the um uh the the left seems to have have gotten that that culture part down to it how, how how much do you see this these kind of culture wars and, and and i guess cultural products and and this type of thing as important to your argument uh it, it they're, they're not the ma- main part of my argument but 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 it is extremely important i mean, uh you, you, you talked about billy bragg at the same time in uh in in britain the uh, uh the uh, uh alternative comedy Appeared right, uh, and uh, the the whole idea of that was to uh, w- w- was to poke fun at, at, at the establishment and to, uh, to uh, like spitting image. You're talking about like spitting image, like uh, right. Ben Elton that uh, mm-hmm. who went on to be uh, to, to write the Blackadder series and so on, and and, and this this idea that uh, the comedy had to be political, and mm-hmm. uh, that has now taken over comedy. I think. Uh, completely uh, on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, uh, you know, Comedy Central is probably one of the most political uh, networks there, <laughs> that, yes. that there is. Uh, Absolutely. So, so, so I think uh, this has helped uh, create a, um, a, a, a culture which has weakened many of the institutions uh, that, that previously supported the free enterprise system. Uh, in, in The Socialist Temptation, I talk, for instance, about the phenomenon of woke capitalism. I don't think that we would have, uh, uh, we would have the phenomenon of woke capitalism if uh, the culture had not been taken over uh, to, to the extent it has been. Right now, if we get to the organization of, of your book, you you it's it's many short chapters. Um, it's it's uh, you know it's a popular focused um, book. You have forty four chapters uh, arranged into five sections. Um, uh, socialism, a myth that refuses to die. Can socialism deliver a fair society? Does socialism free the individual? Uh, can socialism sustain communities? Uh, a, t- a temptation America can't afford to indulge. Um, so, so in a sense, you are you, you're taking the argument. Um, I, I suppose you're, you're rationally dissembling the, um, uh, I suppose the the myths and 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 ideas that make uh, socialism attractive. Is is that a correct way to um, think of what you're doing here? Yeah, yes, I think that's a very fair way of putting it. Um, what 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 I attempt to do is is to show why. Uh, socialism w- would appear attractive, and then to try and point out the, the contradictions of socialism uh, that lead to it uh, not uh, uh, not sustaining the va- those values, but actually undermining those values. How socialism actually uh, leads to uh, 
uh, to, to, to inst- institutional uh, unfairness with the with the creation of a, of a new ruling class. Uh, how socialism uh, uh, abrogates freedoms in order to say that people are free, and how uh, socialism in, in the end destroys communities uh, rather than sustains them. So the, uh, the and that's why I finish off by saying that this is the temptation that that, that America just cannot afford to indulge. Right. Um, so, you know, when you would have come into the, um, the Conservative Party, uh, I, I suppose as, as, as part of a, a new group in a sense of working class people c- coming in, I, I, I'm sure that, you know, there were before, but, but Thatcher really brought in this, this new dynamism uh, into the Conservative Party. I, I, I would imagine you would have faced off um, some other people in the Conservative Party because they're obviously different wings, um, you know, some sort of the more sort of blue bloods and, and kind of aristocratic ones. And then um, maybe um, the, uh, at a certain point, definitely the Thatcherites would have seen a, been seen as some sort of upstarts. Um, and, uh, you know, the, these... Uh, were were the were the battles within the conservatives in those days uh, something similar and relevant to what you're seeing today? Because you know, just as as you're talking about how you know in the fifties and sixties, even conservative uh, regimes or Republican in the United States, uh, you know, had high tax rates, much higher than you know emerged after the Thatcher Reagan revolutions. Uh, were, so, if uh, could you just let me know whether you you think. Uh, those those debates were relevant to today, and and what they were. Oh yes, uh, I I think that was very clearly the uh, the, 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 the the what what was up. Um, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to use the, the the jargon of the time, my faction in uh, yeah. in, in conservative politics at university uh, was very much made up of of, of northern uh, uh, northerners who uh, mostly. Of, uh, of of modest uh, origin, uh, either either lower middle class or middle class in the in the Ameri- in, in the British versions mm-hmm. of, of, of that of class, that yeah. Uh, and uh, our, our opponents on the uh, what we uh, would call the wet side of uh, of, of, of politics uh, were very much of the uh, upper middle class or even upper class. Uh, uh, p- persuasion, uh, as it were, they, uh, they 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 strongly believed in paternalism as mm-hmm. being uh, vitally important, whereas we believed in uh, the, those of us on the dry side of politics uh, of conservative politics believed in aspiration as uh, as the, the uh, most important, and so I, in, in in some ways uh, that that's uh, uh, that, that that's a. Uh, uh, that's the argument that that, that has resurfaced mm-hmm. uh, in, in American politics between uh, paternalists who believe uh, who believe that that, that that there can be that there is a role for, for, for government in determining the industrial policy of the nation, but uh, it, I, I I don't think that it's uh, it, it's class based uh, uh, now um, uh, as. Uh, a lot of the working class, uh, uh, middle class in American ter- uh, terminology, uh, s- support uh, for um, uh, s- some conservative politicians like uh, like Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton is based around uh, a, a, a paternalist idea that, that the government can actually 
uh, help help direct things. Uh, so, so, so it's it, it's a different uh, it, it's a different uh, makeup of the uh, mm-hmm. of, of, of the debate, but it is essentially the same debate. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay. In your um, book, you have a chapter in the first part, the early section, where you talk about socialism in American history. I, I, I'd like you to expound on it a bit because... <clears throat> Since you're coming, <clears throat> sorry. Since you're coming from both the U.S. and U- uh, U.K. context in terms of your understanding of the phenomenon, uh, there there are significant differences between socialism in American history and socialism in in the U.K. history, and uh, and so I'd like to hear your your argument about uh, socialism in American history, given that context. Well, one of the, the the most interesting things I found, and and this this was something that that that, that surprised me utterly because of the uh, my uh, the experiences of my youth, which uh, I, I explained earlier, was that uh, labor unions in America uh, rejected socialism very early on. Uh, Samuel Gompers, for instance, the founder of the American Federation of Labor, uh, repudiated socialism, said it just wouldn't work. And uh, said that his that, that labor unions weren't about uh, imposing socialism, which they were in Western Europe. Uh, they were about uh, making sure that people got that that uh, the labor unions got the best deal for their members. And the, this was uh, th- this was quite eye opening to me uh, to see the labor unions were actually um, strongly in favour of free enterprise and. Uh, uh, resisted um, re- resisted socialism uh, because th- th- they realized that having uh, that uh, they they were they were to be part of uh, of a sharing process sharing of profits uh, the, the uh, labor unions would use their bargaining power to make sure that they had the best deal possible for uh, for their members and that meant that they needed uh, a strong and vibrant uh, uh, free enterprise system uh, to provide the the, the the profits that they would then share in, and that was a very different from uh, f- f- from from what happened uh, in the United Kingdom and and Western Europe, where labor unions were uh, part and parcel of the of, of the socialist movement and were about uh, the class, uh, the working class as a whole rather than just uh, just their members uh, so I think that helped inoculate uh, America from uh, from, 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 from the uh, from the uh, evils of socialism mm-hmm. it didn't inoculate it fully uh, we saw for instance in the progressive era uh, the creation of a whole raft of bureaucracies uh, that that uh, I believe could uh, will form uh, the the uh, the the basis of a social state uh, should socialists uh, 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 be elected to majority positions of power, and then we saw in the uh, in the nineteen thirties uh, with uh, under the New Deal uh, a sort of socialism light, uh, where government took a much stronger hand 
in uh, in, in deciding the uh, uh, how the economy of the uh, of the nation should be uh, should, uh, should be conducted. Um, but uh, but for, for for quite some time, uh, a, a sort of dual uh, uh, dual alliance of uh, of, of uh, anti-socialist labor unions and strong and assertive uh, uh, businesses uh, and uh, and industry uh, helped keep socialism at bay. I think that uh, one of the things that has changed in uh, the most in recent years is that both those pillars uh, have now collapsed. Right. <clears throat> and you, you also deal with the... Um the idea of equality, um, and and I think that this is part of the, the three groups you were talking about, and that uh, w- one of the things that uh, the socialists um, always argue is that uh, well, you know, real socialism has never been tried, and you, well, you you have an argument against that, and you bring in George Orwell, double think, and uh, and 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 you question the um, the idea. Uh, about whether inequality itself is a real problem. Can you expand on that for us? Yes, I, I, th- I think one, one of the uh, interesting things that uh, it, uh, w- w- a lot of people ask me uh, when, when I start talking about socialism, is, well, how, how is it that people are, are ignorant of, of, of the history of socialism? Uh, how is it that that they that they forget what happened in, uh, in in Eastern Europe? How is it they forget what happened in Western Europe and the repudiation of socialism there? How is it that people are, 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 aren't uh, paying attention to what happened in, it happens what's happening in Venezuela? Uh, and the, the the answer to that is that socialism essentially has a, a sort of get out of free jail get out of jail free card. Uh, it was um, a colleague of mine in the UK, uh, Dr. Christian Nemitz, of the, with the Institute of Economic Affairs in, in London, who first formulated this, uh, the, uh, the, the, the process by which this happens. Uh, and I, I strongly recommend uh, anybody who's interested to, uh, to, to, to look at his work. Um, uh, he noted that uh, when socialist economies are set up, everybody, all the commentators say, yes, this is it. This is real socialism. We have real socialism at last. Uh, the, the, the new dawn is here. The international brotherhood of man is upon us. And then a few years later, when the, uh, the internal contradictions of socialism uh, start to bite uh, and the wheels start to come off, that, then they turn around and say, well, this can't be the fault of socialism. Socialism is a perfect system. Uh, it must be the, re- uh, the, the, uh, the result of uh, internal wreckers and saboteurs or foreign agents or, uh, or the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I think we are with Venezuela at the moment. Uh, most of the democratic socialists of America will say that there's nothing wrong with Venezuela apart from uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, evil uh, depredations of the, of the CIA. Uh, and then finally, when everything has gone to heck in a handbasket, when uh, when the economy has completely collapsed, and uh, in the worst cases there may be many thousands dead, they turn around and say, "No, no, that wasn't real socialism." Mm-hmm. And uh, next time we'll get it right. You know, the the same, and it's the same people who uh, who uh, cheered the appearance of real socialism at the beginning. Who then say no? It wasn't real socialism. The same people who cheered the emergence of a strong man as a champion of the working class then say no, no, he was a dictator, so he couldn't possibly have been uh, have been socialist. 
And so socialism has this get-out-of-jail-free card, which basically means that uh, any time socialism fails, it cannot be because of socialism, it's because it wasn't real socialism. So, uh, so, so, so socialism has, has this, uh, uh, the, the, this ability to start from afresh, from a tabula rasa point of view, uh, every, time, uh, every time it gets tried. That's the double thing you're referring to, is it? Uh, 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 absolutely. It's, a, it's a, a very good example of, of, of the double thing. Um, you know, uh, similarly, um, you know, one, of, one of the internal contradictions of socialism the, 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 that I mentioned is that the creation of, uh, of a new ruling class, the creation of a, of, of, of a new group of, uh, of, 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 of bureaucrats, commissars, apparatchiks, whatever you like to call them, uh, who, who actually have a, a significant amount of power. And this is precisely because socialism claims to be democratic. Socialism says, uh, well, uh, all we want to do is to is is to give the people uh, control over uh, over the economy. How could you possibly uh, ob- object to that? Well, obviously the people can't um, can't uh, meet and, and vote and discuss on every aspect of the economy every uh, every hour of the day. So they have to delegate their power uh, to, uh, to to somebody else, and that that somebody else is, is bureaucrats. Those bureaucrats. Of course, are um, they are not Olympian gods? However much uh, socialists would like to, to, you to think that they are, uh, socialists very often say uh, we just need to staff these uh, the, the, these uh, bureaucracies with, uh, with 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 trained people. Uh, no, no amount of training gets over the fact that these uh, these people aren't gods. They are human beings just like the rest of us, and they have their own human failings, which means that they will. Uh, almost inevitably start to accrue uh, to themselves uh, power, uh, bigger staffs, higher budgets, and the like, and start to use that power uh, over, over the people that they are, uh, the, 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 they are overseeing on the, in, in the name of the people. So in the end, this, uh, the, the, these, uh, this new, new class, which has had this power delegated to it by the people, essentially becomes the new rulers of the people. So... The, again, the, this is a, a different George Orwell story. Uh, this is Animal Farm, right. uh, where you, uh, you you see the, the the pigs take on the job of uh, of running the place, and in the end, they they appear on hide and begs. And the old animal slogan of all animals are equal becomes all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. Yes, yes, it's a it's a very very important and. Um... And good point you're making. It's it's as if um, socialism is almost this platonic ideal that exists in the world of the of the forms, and then when it comes down to our mundane world of the substances, uh, it 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 cannot um, be uh, realized, and there's always some uh, perversion. But but as you um, say, the 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 socialist advocates. Um, will blame some sort of outside forces or and then you know when things get bad internal traitors and that's when you start to kill off millions of citizens and and whatnot as almost inevitably happens in, in these cases but uh but yeah and you know and you raise uh important um ideas like, like it 
like why communist regimes are called like, you know, democratic republics or, or people's democracies. It, it's a very different idea of, of the notion of democracy. But um, is, is it, I, I'd like you to just expound on this. Is, is it um, an overlooked internal contradiction of socialism? Is, is there some uh, necessary um, contradiction in, in socialism that, that for some reason people are blind to? They, they think it is this platonic ideal that is perfect, but, but they're missing something, and it almost inevitably comes up to the same story over and over again. And what is that blind spot that, uh, that they miss that m- leads them to repeat the same processes over and over again? Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's because the ideals of, of socialism s- seem intuitively right to many mm-hmm. people. I think they, 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 uh, people think, well, yes, uh, it would be much better if, uh, if, if, if we had uh, the, the, uh, the people or even if we had trained experts uh, just uh, uh, looking at uh, looking over over and after the economy uh, what, what, how can you possibly ob- ob- object to that and 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 this is where that that um, process that, that that I mentioned earlier comes comes in um, the, 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 there's an idealistic expectation that this time we're going to get it right. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's, it's like the England football team uh, always used to <laughs> be saying, this time we're going to get it right, so we're going to win the World Cup. And they yeah. always go out in ignominious uh, uh, failure in the quarterfinal. It's this idealism that socialism yeah. do that, uh, that, 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 that helps to, to allow for this uh, get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah, yeah, it, and w- would you put it down to that? Um, it's just um, a, that there's a blind spot with regard to human nature that makes socialism fail, because I sup- I don't know what it, it relies too much on on humans to make uh, the process work, and and these humans then come and create other systems of inequality. Uh, in its place, it, 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 would you say it's, it's something like that that people keep forgetting? Well, yes, I, I think that the, 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 there's an important part uh, point here, which is that uh, socialists uh, generally come from the, the school of thought which believes that that uh, it believes in the perfectibility of man, that uh, mm-hmm. that, that man can somehow uh, be uh, be perfected, uh, whereas. Uh, Conservative schools of thought t- tend to believe in the idea of man as a as, as a fallen being uh, who is full of uh, f- f- uh, full of sin and vice. Uh, the socialist says that no, the the, the sin and vice uh, these sins and vices are not inherent, and so can be a uh, can be trained out of people. Uh, and yet, uh, to, to to this day, we haven't found uh, a society with. Uh, with a perfect man, although a lot of societies have tried. Yes, 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 that's right. That, yeah, it, it, it does get us, um, I suppose, down to these debates on, on human nature itself. And, and then even when people talk about, um, you know, the, the attack on religion that, that most socialist, um, you know, ideologies have, uh, that then, you know, the state or the party or, or, or whatever group sort of substitutes as as the the god 
um, that that they substitute some sort of um, church worship or, or worship of a supreme being, uh, and and they put uh, something else in its place, which is um, far more tyrannical in real life. Uh, would would you agree that is, is that part of your um, understanding of of where this thing goes wrong? Oh, in, indeed. I, I have a chapter on on socialism and the divine in in, in the socialist temptation. And mm-hmm. uh, what, one of the things that 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 that, that you note is that um, private uh, private religious organisations, uh, religious associations, churches, and so on. Uh, what one of the things that they do is that they provide public or social goods uh, from a private source. But to the uh, to the socialist, you know, the, the state is supposed to be the fountain origin uh, of all these public or, uh, or social goods. And so the uh, churches and religious organizations uh, are ultimately seen as a competitor. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, they, they can't possibly be coming from the same place as, uh, as the state is. So therefore, they either have to be suppressed or taken over. Yeah, so, so in some social states, uh, you, you, you see the, the, the church is allowed to continue, uh, but is... Um, uh, but, but but is essentially subsumed uh, to the state, uh, mm-hmm. and in other uh, in other countries uh, you see the uh, the repudiation of uh, of of, uh, of of these old ideas. Uh, you know the, the Cultural Revolution in China or Year Zero in Cambodia being uh, particularly appalling examples of it. But you see the uh, attempts to uh, to drive. Uh, drive these uh, uh, religious organizations completely out of uh, out of the modern society. Yeah, and and then it, it takes on the character of of its own type of um, sort of religious crusade, doesn't it? Like you know, with the Cultural Revolution and trying to find the heretics and 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 making them make public apologies and almost publicly burning them at the stake. It, it's, it's very, very similar to, to a religious rivalry, isn't it? Oh, oh indeed. But it's, uh, it, it, it's a particularly, um, uh, 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 particularly suppressive form of religion. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 uh, it, it demands atonement, but does not provide a path to, uh, to forgiveness. Yes, uh, and uh, that's uh, and you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that uh, with uh, with you know, what what we call cancel culture today. This mm-hmm. uh, this idea that, that that you cannot be forgiven for uh, even the, the most momentary indiscretions of your youth. In some cases, uh, you know, the, 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 there is no way back for you uh, unless you uh, you, you uh, ascribe totally. Uh, to the demands of the of of, of, of the new thought. Mm-hmm. It, I I'd like to um, get to the que- to this question now about. Uh, you, you, I think you make a good case that uh, socialism uh, appeals um, very well and and you know has has a very highly developed uh, you know polemic and and. Uh, you know rhetorical you know set of weapons if you want to put it that way for addressing these values and uh, equality liberty community which is i mean sounds like the french revolution egalité liberté fraternité but um but why uh you know uh, and as i was saying uh, on the right um there 
especially the Reaganite and, and Thatcherite um, brands of it in the 1980s, they, they had dismissed any sort of, att- you know, in a sort of, especially, you know, certain wings of it, more of the kind of Ayn Rand, of objectivist sort of wings. They, they dismissed any sort of um, appeal to such values at all. Right, so you have that wing. That's not everybody. Um, the paternalists, as, as you described, uh, they, you know, in in some ways, um, not necessarily equality, uh, but uh, is a, a sense of liberty and and certainly community they they had. Um, but in general, the right has um, eschewed um, addressing these these values. It, and and I'll I'll just give you a a little story from my own. Experience, as I said, I you know I grew up in in Toronto and and in this whole liberal environment and liberal education at the University of Toronto and then when, where I did my masters in in uh, the West Indies at the Jamaica. And the, but when I did my PhD in the UK, um, I, Noel O'Sullivan was in my department, Lord Norton of of Louth, and uh, it was the first time I had ever been exposed to um, serious conservative thought, um, you know, and, and the whole long tradition of European conservative thought. So not uh, not necessarily the Reagan, Thatcher stuff, but, but you know, from Burke and, and, uh, and a whole lot of um, uh, European thought as well. And I was just, I, I was so angry when I discovered it. And I said, my whole life, I was sort of deprived of this, you know, very exciting, interesting, uh, body of work and 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 it was part of a whole process of me reevaluating the right from from what I saw and I said you know it's not you know the the, the right aren't necessarily greedy evil people to this day that's the Democrat um, in the United States that's the Democrat discourse the Republicans are evil they want to take away your health care they they want to kill old people they hate black people they, this is you know that that this is the evil party but um, but for some reason. I, I don't think the right, the conservatives, uh, attack that enough, and they sort of allow that critique to stick. Why do you think that is? Why, why don't they, they say, no, listen, if you really want um, equality or liberty or community, this, we offer it better. Um, what, why would you say that is? Uh, I, I, I think you're completely right. I think this has been a, a, a fundamental mistake of uh, of of uh, the right broadly put uh, to, to to abandon this uh, the the the, the, uh, uh, the moral the, discourse language of values to to, to, to uh, I, M- Margaret Thatcher was uh, you know when uh, when the the the, uh, the Labour Party would say um, the Conservative Party is a party of greed she would respond by saying that the Labour Party was a party of envy. And so the, the, uh, she she used that um, uh, that moralistic uh, uh, tone, uh, the, the 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 language of sin, uh, mm-hmm. to reflect back on uh, on, on, yeah. on the uh, on, on the socialists of the time. Uh, we've forgotten how to do that, I think, and uh, and that, and that's the negative uh, sense. We I think especially we've forgotten how to do, uh, to make the positive case. Uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, for 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 conservatism and free enterprise uh, in 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 general, uh, that there's been a, an over reliance on uh, tradition, uh, where, uh, the idea that 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 uh, that, that uh, 
uh, the, you know, the, the, the current people are trying to destroy America uh, it appears to be the only uh, only sort of argument that uh, that that that's being uh, ad- advanced uh, on the right. There is n- no uh, uh, outside a few uh, a, 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 a few uh, economists such as uh, my friend Steve Horvitz at Ball State University. There, there, there have been very few attempts to construct uh, a positive case uh, for the free market uh, for the free market and free enterprise. As uh, being uh, essential to the creation of uh, of community, to the to being essential essential to the reduction in violence and exploitation, uh, and uh, for uh, uh, and as being uh, fundamental to uh, uh, an increase in the general welfare, we've forgotten how to use. Uh, the, the, those arguments and that language, and until we do, I think we're still going. We're, we're always going to be, uh, to use a cricketing term, uh, always going to be playing on the back foot. Yes, you know, um, and uh, you know, the, I remember uh, looking at um, you know the right and and left. I, I, I was kind of more in the eighties in the kind of libertarian socialist tradition, right? And and then when they looked at the radical free market right you know um so radical libertarian i i realize you know the the goals aren't that different you know they they are both sort of anti-monopoly anti-huge corporations anti-huge government it's just that one might believe in private property in the free market a little more the other would believe in voluntarism and community but but they are not that far off and and sometimes we see now in in the current context, you see among uh, libertarians and progressives, they might also share some values which are, you know, maybe anti-war, anti-corporate uh, monopolies, and so th- there's this um, interesting uh, sharing of perspectives uh, that that crosses um, the line, um, and I I was just and and then you you also see it on the other side. Um, like for instance, uh, the, the way the kind of big corporate Democrats and the corporate Republicans in the United States um, have very very similar uh, policies, and in fact, you know, you see, um, you know, right wing governments, uh, you know, whether it be Republicans or conservatives, embracing things like uh, quantitative easing, um, and especially during this coronavirus time, massive massive government spending. Um, and what uh, this is, you you do mention in your uh, last um, year afterward because I think you know the bulk of of this would have been d- definitely written before the coronavirus time, but certainly with uh, coronavirus and the lockdowns, um, uh, the, um, the the sort of intensification of of a lot of these socialist ideas seems to have been growing. Uh, can you comment on those things? Well, yes, I, 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 I think it's it's extremely unfortunate that uh, that the first reaction of the uh, uh, of, of of both sides uh, when uh, the the uh, coronavirus hit was uh, essentially how much money can we spend, and mm-hmm. not uh, you know the the, the, the the as as my uh, colleague Wayne Cruz says you know what comes after a trillion. Yeah, you know, uh, how, how much more are, are, are we going to spend uh, in in a, a vain attempt just to keep the uh, keep the patient uh, uh, 
uh, still breathing rather than uh, you know, actually uh, getting the uh, getting the patient up and out again. Uh, you know, the the the, the, the fact that the, that um, after the coronavirus hit. Um, uh, governors and mayors around uh, the United States, and then eventually the federal government uh, followed suit, found uh, no fewer than 800 regulations that they needed to get rid of in order to keep uh, keep the economy going. Um, uh, suggests that these regulations were never actually needed in the first place. And the fact that there hasn't been uh, a, 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 a genuine push for uh, a deregulatory title to uh, a coronavirus relief bill uh, just uh, a- 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 astonishes me. Um, the-, the-, the idea that uh, the-, the-, the people might be able to, uh, to-, to-, to, uh, to-, to-, to get the economy going again if government just got out of the way uh, doesn't seem to be part of the, uh, the national discourse at the moment. And uh, if, 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 if that is, is how it does play out, then uh, I'm afraid we're going to, uh, to see uh, a, a much bigger government uh, uh, in, in all areas of life, uh, municipal, state and federal, uh, than, uh, than there was before the coronavirus. And there was no need for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is something uh, because it, it's conservative governments and Republican governments that are actually implementing it. And some people have noted that, you know, things like, um, you know, uh, say on the cultural front, like maybe, you know, gay marriage and so forth, many times it's conservative parties that have actually implemented it. And, and so a lot of things that are implemented by uh, conservative governments today in, in the 70s or 80s would have been seen as, as far left. And um, uh, there are some people who have argued that, uh, you know, the, the right has, has you know, lost the, the war. The Overton window keeps being pushed farther and farther left. And, and what was considered um, far left at, at one time is now right wing. <laughs> and, and what was considered... Uh, um, and, and now what is considered left gets more and, and more radical. Um, do, do you agree with this? And, uh, and where, where do you see, and if so, um, do you see, uh, where do you see the, the social, the, the drive towards, you know, a, a renewed, you know, socialist uh, resurgence with the socialism temptation you're talking about uh, going? How, how do you see it moving in future? Well, I, 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 I think this, this, this is right. I, I, I say in the book at, uh, one, at one point that, uh, that, that, that we, we can't just keep allowing uh, governments to chip away at liberty. Uh, liberty is important. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, the, 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 there are times when, when, when you're going to have to say that whatever the, uh, whatever the supposed benefit of this new policy is, uh, it will reduce liberty. Uh, it's time to stand up for liberty for for its own sake and say no, we can't do this. In fact, what we should be doing is expanding liberty rather than uh, r- r- rather than reducing it. Um, unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the, the there is a uh, at least in in American politics at the moment there there, there is a feeling that uh, liberty is only uh, those uh, and this is from people who are supposedly. Uh, believers in liberty. Liberty is only those words which are contained within 
the U.S. Constitution. Uh, of course, the U.S. Constitution actually has a, uh, has a, a phrase to the effect that there are many other liberties uh, which need to be retained by the people. But uh, but 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 uh, that 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 that, uh, that room for expansion of liberty uh, is uh, generally forgotten about, and uh, you know we we need uh, we, we need. Uh, Leaders who are willing to stand up and 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 fight for for liberty in its broadest sense. Uh, otherwise, uh, I I think uh, you're right. The the that uh, we we will have socialism imposed uh, by nominally conservative uh, leaders uh, rather than by actual socialist ones. Yeah. Um, well. Let's um, wrap up the the interview. Uh, move toward a conclusion. I've had you here a, a long time, and I, I know your uh, your time is, is limited. But um, what message would you like to leave your readers with after reading this book? Uh, I, I I would hope that uh, the the people would realize that uh, that that socialism is just so full of uh, contradictions. Uh, that, uh, that 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 in the end it it, it shouldn't be part of our uh, of our uh, national discourse. You know, it should be consigned to the dustbin of history, uh, where, where it seemed to be uh, for for for, for uh, a good decade or so. Um, but I'd also like people to think about what we were just talking about uh, about how uh, that. If we're, if we're going to win the battle for the hearts and minds, especially of younger people, that we need to talk in terms of values. We need to, uh, to, 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 uh, uh, to, to, to make our messages not in, 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 the, uh, uh, in the language of, uh, of economics or, or history or uh, GDP or, uh, uh, or uh, the stock market or something. We need to talk in, uh, in in terms of those values, we need to talk about how uh, how, how markets are sources of peace and mutual understanding, uh, and uh, that uh, we interfere with that process uh, at our peril. I think uh, so. Those I think are the two main messages that I would like people to to, to leave uh, reading the book with. Very good. Uh, and are you working on anything right now? Anything else? Uh, where can people find your work and, and, and take a look at what you, because you've also done a lot of things in the past as well. This is by no means your first. Um, yeah. Where can they find you and, and what might you be working on now that you like the, that you would like our audience to know about? Well, my uh, uh, my day job is at the Competitive Enterprise Institute in Washington, D.C. Uh, you can find us on the web at dot. L-R-G-C-E-I.org, uh, and also on Twitter at, uh, at CEI.org, all one word. Um, w- uh, we work uh, primarily on regulatory issues, and we actually currently have uh, a campaign uh, called Never Needed, uh, the, uh, which is pushing for uh, uh, further deregulation in response to the, uh, in, in response to the, uh, the coronavirus outbreak. And uh, I, I would hope that uh, the, the people, if they go to cei.org and go to neverneeded.cei.org, uh, then they will see a lot there, a lot of work that we're doing there uh, that, that, uh, that, that might spark some ideas and sympathy. 
Well, uh, thanks so much for this interview. It's been very informative and, and enjoyable. I have very much enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Well, once again, the book is The Socialist Temptation, published by Regenerate Gateway, and it's out now in hardcover and on Kindle. And we've been speaking to the author, Ian Murray. Thank you also to you, our listeners. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.